0: The show is dedicated to helping you strengthen your family tree and live financially free. I'm so glad you're listening today. Thank you. Today's show is brought to you by Audible. If you're looking to be entertained on your commute to work or increase your savvy in any area of life, Audible is the way to go. This trusted audiobook service brings the best books straight to your phone. They are offering the listeners of this show one free audiobook and a 30-day free trial at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. You'll be supporting this show with your subscription, so I appreciate you using that link if you decide to go for it. Again, that is marriagekidsandmoney.com slash audible. All right, let's jump into today's show. Student loans have become so commonplace in our country that everyone seems to be living with them. According to Forbes in February of this year, there are over 44 million people in the U.S. living with student loans, and those loans amount to over $1.3 trillion. With a T. <laughs> And it's not just the nation's millennials that are carrying around this heavy debt burden. Seniors receiving Social Security checks are starting to see their benefits reduced in order to pay back the student loans they've owed for decades. If you've listened to or read my ramblings before, you know I'm all about preparation in the form of 529 savings, college scholarships, or even considering the community college route. That advice is all well and good for parents who are preparing to go to college or kids that are preparing to go to college, but what about those of us who are currently drowning in student loan debt? I had a chance to catch up with Kevin, a man who decided that he didn't want to be one of those 44 million people strapped with student loans. He didn't want to add another cent to the $1.3 trillion that erode. After accumulating $87,000 in student loans from law school, Kevin decided to eliminate that debt burden from his life as fast as possible. Through debt consolidation strategies, diligently planning his finances, and living like a student instead of living like a high-flying lawyer, (laughs) Kevin obliterated his student loans in just two and a half years. On the show today, Kevin and I discuss how he eliminated his 90K in debt, what strategies he took to avoid the lifestyle inflation that he could as a, as a lawyer, and lastly, how he is now partnering with his new wife and paying off her dentist school student loans. It <laughs> all comes around, right? If you're one of those 44 million people living with student loans, or you just like hearing awesome success stories, take a listen to today's show. It's going to inspire you to battle your loans or any other difficult challenge in your life. Okay, let's jump into my conversation with Kevin, the Financial Panther. Welcome, everybody. I've got Kevin, the Financial Panther here. How's it going, Kevin?
1: It's going good. How are you doing?
0: I am great, man. I'm excited to talk to you about your incredible story here. Can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what you do with the Financial Panther website?
1: Yeah, sure. Oh, well, you know, I, uh, I'm i a lawyer by day, um, run this blog here, financialpanther.co, and on there I kind of just blog about, you know, kind of what's going on in my life, side hustling, paying off debt just kind of ways for, you know, it's geared more towards younger people just because I'm writing from my own perspective. Um, You know, how to, you know, become a financial panther is kind of my thinking.
0: I like it, man. Is this like, you know, like the Will Ferrell panther from, from, uh, what's that movie? (laughs) From Anchorman?
1: Like the sex (laughs) panther? (laughs) You know, people think that, but no, it actually comes from The Simpsons. There's uh, There's a Simpsons clip where... You know, they are kind of struggling, and they say, oh, maybe we need a financial planner. And Homer thinks, oh, financial panther. (laughs) And then he he has a kind of a daydream, and it's like the banker's trying to get some money from him, and then he sticks the financial panther on the
0: guy. Oh, I like it. I have to to find this episode now. Uh, That Simpsons episode sounded so hilarious, I had to look it up.
1: Maybe we should talk to a financial planner.
0: Financial panther, eh? Mr. Simpson, you're a dollar overdrawn. Get him, Sheba! Very cool. Well, I I invited you on because uh, you have a very unique story, um, which uh, a lot of people right now can very much relate to. Uh, It sounds like you had the ability to pay off uh, a boatload of student debt over the past couple of years, and I would really love for you to walk us through that story, if that's okay with you.
1: Oh, yeah, definitely. Do you want me to just start at the beginning? Yeah,
0: yeah, it'd be great. So so I guess... um, You know, yeah. Let's start from the beginning. So you you went to school
1: and and what
0: did you what did you study at school?
1: Yeah, so I went to undergrad. I studied uh, history and econ, which are kind of like the law school majors. You know, (laughs) you can't really do a ton with that. It seems like Uh, I graduated in two thousand nine, which was right in the midst of the recession. So it was a really bad time to graduate from college. and basically took a year off you know i had this idea of going to law school and basically applied and got into some decent schools and one of the things i had to do when i was going to school was take out a bunch of loans to do it um you know part of my thing is i kind of i kind of knew that you know student loans were going to be an issue to worry about um because right around that time was kind of right when uh kind of the mass media started noticing that lawyers were coming out with a ton of student loans and Mm -hmm. not making enough to pay it back off. So I ended up in uh, the Midwest in Minneapolis for law school. Uh, I'm from the East Coast originally. Um, And, you know, three years out, came out with $87,000 worth of student loans, uh, started working and then paid them off uh, in about two and a half years. And so now I'm sitting with no student loans to myself currently
0: excellent so so you started hearing this rumbling in the media when you started getting going and uh it kind of it kind of made you more aware of wow there's going to be some you know really big debt for me to pay after all after i'm done with my school did you when you were going through college did you think about hey what can i do to offset some of these costs did you try to get any scholarships did you ask the parents for some help did you do some work what what did you do to try to combat that outside of taking in student loans
1: yeah so well so for college i um i was fortunate enough my parents were able to cover the cost of college i went to a state school and so that made it a lot cheaper awesome Um, for loss yeah yeah and so i was lucky enough to come out of college i came out with about five thousand dollars worth of student loans from college it was you know very minimal but of course i didn't really do anything with it um because I didn't know any better at the time, you know, 22 year old kid coming out of college. Uh, when I was picking law schools, basically, I, I got fortunate enough that I got a half scholarship to the school I went to, um, which cut down the cost substantially. You know, when I was kind of picking schools, one of my options was to stay out east, and even if I had lived at home and gone to this one school, it would have been more expensive than me moving out to the Midwest and taking the half scholarship Mm -hmm. so that's kind of how I ended up there and you know with law schools there's kind of uh law schools are kind of weird with the rankings you know it it seems silly but school rankings do matter in terms of getting that first job it it matters less as you get yeah it, it matters less as you get kind of more into your career but in the beginning you know for whatever reason these law firms care about the school and so you kind of have to do a little bit of you know cost benefit analysis type thing when you're starting out in law school because you don't you know you, you, you got to kind of weigh whether a more expensive school is worth it versus you know taking you know, taking money at another school. Because it'll, really,
0: it'll really affect your you know initial salary and where you where you can actually get a job, things like that.
1: Yeah, it's it's just that, you know, so basically when you go into law school, your grades for those first year that first year really matters a lot. And so if you're at, like, a higher-ranked school, you know, if you're, like, at Harvard or something like that, if you're, like, middle of the pack, you'll still be fine. You'll mm-hmm. probably be able to get yourself a job. But then versus, you know, the farther down in these rankings you go, it kind of – it matters more than you have to kind of be higher-ranked in the class. Yeah. You know, okay. That's kind of – yeah, so it's kind of a – you got to kind of weigh, you know, the debt versus – how well you'll do in school.
0: Well, it makes sense. So so you're making an investment, we'll say that, in your education in yeah. order to get a good job uh, at a good location. So you, you, throughout this process, racked up about $90,000 of student loans. Big number, but you know what? Based on what you've been hearing in the media and a lot of other people that are probably your age that are going through this stuff... Not too crazy of a story. What did you do to try to differentiate yourself from the pack of everybody else that's just feeling like you're going to live with these student loans for the next 20, 30 years of their life? What what did you what did you do to uh, rid yourself of these things in two and a half years?
1: Yeah, well, you know, first thing is I you know I told myself there's no way I'm going to stick with these for <laughs> for twenty years. There's just absolutely no way that was going to happen. Um, You know the key, the main key was kind of avoiding the lifestyle inflation that happens Um, when you get that first lawyer job. You know, I see this because you start out and you get that first paycheck, and you just you just go crazy with it and start buying tons of stuff. And this is what I saw with all my colleagues. And you know, lawyer, the law world is kind of interesting if you start off in a big law firm because everyone gets paid the same amount so you know exactly what everyone who started with you is getting paid, and so in theory, if you know, everyone's kind of at the same amount of money they're making, everyone should be able to pay off all of them really quick if you just live a certain way, but a lot of my colleagues I would see, they would just get there and immediately get the luxury apartment, you know, the fancy clothes, constantly go out to the, all these really nice foodie restaurants, and so then you just kind of fall into that lawyer lifestyle and then all your money is just going out to all sorts of stuff, and it just makes it really hard to pay off loans quickly if you know all your money is accounted for in something else.
0: That's good. So, so you had the willpower, we'll say, to hold yourself back from, you know, just uh, spending like a madman. What were some of the methods that you took to keep yourself in control? Did you live on a budget? What what are some of the things that you did to to make that happen?
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I kind of am always stressing to people is about perspective, because, you know, and this kind of, again, is the same as the lifestyle inflation. But, you know, you kind of when you if you realize that everyone else is probably living on a lot less than you are, especially if you are coming out and, you know, you have a good job. A lot of people out there make way less than you and can still make it. And so that's kind of how I thought, you know, I'm like, well, if I'm making this lawyer money, I can live just like a normal person and everything else I make can go towards student loans. And so and I'm not feeling like I'm depriving myself because I'm living just like everyone else, you know, just like a regular person except I have the benefit, obviously, of making a little bit more. So that's kind of the thing about that perspective thing, you know, living like a student, especially is a big thing. Um, You know, because when you first start out, you're, you're coming out, you're only a few months removed from having made no money and living like a student. And so there's not a whole lot of reason that you need to start spending on a ton of stuff, you know, buying houses or fancy apartments or anything like that, because you're not used to it yet. you been living like a student for so long. And so that's kind of one of the things is all about that perspective.
0: Excellent. So I mean it's not like you're, you know, eating crap food and, you know, <laughs> you know, living
1: Yeah. <laughs> living in a tiny no. tiny
0: place. I mean you're just living like a normal person, right?
1: Right, cuz I'm just living in a normal apartment, not a luxury apartment. I didn't live in an apartment that had like a fancy name to it, you know, no gym in my apartment, no concierge person it's just a normal place and you know you can just save so much if you're just able to just live regular i guess and you know instead of because because you just see everyone just has to live in a luxury apartment it seems like in a law firm at least is what i notice.
0: (laughs) (laughs) well that's good man congratulations on holding yourself back and then it it took you about two and a half years to to collaborate through did you use any sort of Method to pay down these uh, loans. I know there's the snowball. There's the avalanche. There's <laughs> the uh, the debt hatred method like which which one do I want to get rid yeah. of first? <laughs> which one did you
1: use? <laughs> yeah, so, you know, let me tell a little bit about my student loan. So they start off as federal loans um, and the interest rate on those. It was eight different federal loans. Um, with interest rates from 6.8%, which is kind of standard, and then about 25000 of it was 7.9%. Wow, yeah. And so, yeah, which is really high. I mean, you know, you, it's kind of a high amount for It is students. high, especially if it's federal government-based. I mean, that kind, of,
0: right. that kind of upsets me a little bit, to be honest with
1: you. <laughs> I know, and, you know, it's, it's funny. When I started, they had they used to do a little bit of it was subsidized. Yeah. Like they paid interest for you and then they got rid of it in my second year of law school. So then mm-hmm. no subsidized loans at all. Um, but yeah, so when I first started out, I paid the 7.9 percent. So I did the debt app ab- debt, Avalanche? Uh-huh. Yeah, Avalanche. The, the, one, the nice. one where you pay the high. Uh, you got it. You got it, right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So I'm trying to remember my Dave Ramsey here. That's okay. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah.
0: He's, he's, he's the snowball guy, I think. Uh, I think. Uh, yeah,
1: yeah. I yeah. know. He, he goes the other way. But yeah, <laughs> so I, 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 a, I went with the math there. I went with the highest interest rates, too. Mm-hmm. Although, actually, those 7.9% loans were also the lowest balance loans I had. So actually... I guess it could work for both. There you go. You did both. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So I kind of did both. Um, After that first year of paying down loans, I realized, you know, I kind of discovered all these student loan refinancing companies. And, you know, lawyers are a very risk averse bunch. And we're scared of any of these weird companies that we've never heard of. (laughs) And this is kind of like right when the student loan refinancing company started up. And, you know, I would ask people about it. People, you know, you ask people on the internet. Other lawyers like, No way, I'm not risking that. You'll lose all these federal protections, whatever. And you know, my thought was, well, if I'm paying these off really fast anyway, why do I need any sort of federal protections or whatever? I'm just gonna get it down to a lower interest rate. So I refinanced my loans um in twenty fifteen. So twenty fourteen was the first year I started paying down the debt. Twenty fifteen I refinanced my student loans down to Four point three percent interest rate.
0: So most is, of them were at se- seven point. What were the? What were the six point eight and seven point two? You said
1: six point eight, seven point nine.
0: Yeah. Oh wow. So they they went they, they you consolidated them all down to four point
1: three. Yeah, all down to four point three. Wow, that's great. That's great. Yeah, but then you know, obviously my payments and stuff went down, but I just still kept paying at it. Yeah. Uh, you know, throwing a ton at it. Um, then a few months later i was like oh wait because i went with a fixed rate loan so a few months later i thought to myself well if i'm paying this down really fast maybe i should go with a variable rate loan and you know this again this is back to the risk averse lawyer thing we're so scared of, of taking on any risk like that and, you know i was like oh what if interest rates go up but my thought was if i'm paying it off really fast it doesn't matter if it even if interest rates rose suddenly, I will be able to pay off really fast anyway. So I refinanced again down to a variable rate loan of a one point nine three percent.
0: Wow, that's great. Yeah,
1: which is crazy low. And then it, you know, over the next year and a half or so, it went up to about two point one four percent, but Still. stayed low interest rate by the time I paid it all off
0: that's awesome so I mean in this this situation this is a complete success story with refinancing your your student loans then right
1: oh yeah definitely um, so, you so know, what's, it,
0: what's the downside then of of, of re- refinancing I guess I guess if if they hook somebody in that is eventually not gonna pay for a long time I guess they collect more interest but for the go-getters like you then you're winning all day right
1: Right. And so if you're the type of person who is, you know, you feel confident that you're probably going to be able to keep your job and pay off of your loans really fast, it's kind of, there's no downside to refinancing. The only reason I you know, wouldn't refinance is if you are trying to go for some sort of loan forgiveness thing, right. which um, I wasn't going for because I was working in private practice and didn't, couldn't really do that. Right. Uh, yeah. Or if you're just, Really worried about, you know, somehow losing your job and not being able to pay off your loans. And the reason is because, you know, obviously, you're going if you have federal loans and you're refinancing to private loans, you know, if something happens, the private loan company is still going to want their money. Sure. Um, versus versus the federal federal loans, you can kind of you know defer it, and there's all sorts of stuff that you can you know it won't get rid of the loan, but you know you can kind of. Ride it out a little longer if something bad were to happen. I guess
0: right. So, so when you when you say the uh, student loan forgiveness, that's based on that's based on income, right? I mean, if you're if you're making some good income, then they're not going to work with you on that type of thing. Is that right?
1: Uh, yeah. Well, you know, there's some other there's some programs like a uh, public service loan forgiveness. Mm-hmm. You know, the future of that's still up in the air, obviously. But um, it's something that a lot of doctors can take advantage of. Um, You know, doctors who are doing, like, long residencies, they can take advantage of public service loan forgiveness. Um, And, you know, obviously, if you're doing any sort of public interest type work or, you know, government work, that's something to consider. Um, But, you know, I just, you know, that requires paying, you know, you're paying the loan for 10 years, and I didn't want to have a loan sticking around for 10 years. Yeah, absolutely.
0: And, and, you know, based on this current administration, I would assume that, a lot of these nice perks of forgiveness or helping people out further with their with their loans might might go away what what do you think
1: <laughs> yeah you know i don't i i don't know what will happen to it obviously i mean the the public service loan forgiveness is kind of interesting cuz it just it they started in 2007 and it was 10 years of payments so it's kind of the first wave of people are becoming eligible for the public service loan forgiveness yeah and you know it's it's a lot obviously of money for the government to just lose out on so who knows what'll happen
0: interesting yeah i mean that that would be that would be tough to bank on right to just just assume that that's going to happen and hopefully i mean for the people like you said that that's coming up on the 10 years right now i mean i hope it hope it works out okay but yeah having it all based on which which current government is in power and and what decisions they're going to make based on the uh the services they want to provide to the country—it's—I don't know—it it feels like, it feels like you're putting a lot of trust into the to to, to a government that's not that functional sometimes.
1: <laughs> right, you know, if I have the option, I'm taking it into my own hands and just get rid of it. You know, that, that's just my thought.
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, this is this is this is great. I appreciate you walking through some of the details there. above that $10 per month mark. Again, use MKM20 to get 20% off at marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello, and you'll be supporting this show. Hurry up. The code is valid until April 19th, 2024. marriagekidsandmoney.com slash tello. So I understand that you're, you've recently gotten married and your wife, also, has a similar student loan situation. So, so what did what did she study to to get the student loans going?
1: Yep. So she is a dentist. Um, she graduated from college with no student loans either. She had help from her parents, and then for dental school, um, dental school is ridiculously expensive. <laughs> and um, she so she graduated from dental school with one hundred twenty nine thousand dollars in student loans, which is. Um, Actually, on the low end, most people are at like two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars $300,000 for dental school. She, yeah, she has some circumstances that let her do that. They let her come out with much less, but, you know, she's still sitting on 129000 Um She's currently in a residency that's unpaid. And so she's got another year on that before she'll start working again. And then – and so that's kind of – you know, I kind of went from – no debt I you know i got rid of my debt before we got married and now i'm married and i guess i'm back in debt again
0: hey well that's love man that's love when you get married <laughs> yeah. what's hers yeah. is yours yeah. and what yours is hers or whatever it is <laughs> right right i know <laughs> so how, how, did, how did some of those conversations go as you guys were getting together you were engaged you were saying hey i've got such and such debt and she's saying hey I've, i'm gonna have this much how did those conversations go
1: yeah. You know, we're both pretty open about our finances. Um, you know, it's not something that we ever kept secret. You know, we always knew what each other made and all that kind of stuff and, you know, what we have, um, you know, what kind of money we have in assets and things like that. And so, you know, we kind of just talked about it and, you know, we, we're both kind of, we both hate student loans for sure. Um, you know, we're not like anti all debt, you know, but, Student loans—it's just something we just hate because it's just like a drag, and so we basically just kind of before we got married, and you we know we had this plan. Like, okay, we're just gonna when you start working, this is how much we, th- we think we can probably make. Let's get rid of this debt in a year, year and a half, something like that. And that's kind of where we're sitting at right now is our plan.
0: Excellent. So she's on board with your same sort of uh, situation that you went through, cleaning up your debt. Is that right?
1: Oh yeah, she's totally on board. which is which is which is kind of lucky you know i didn't have to convince her anything she's just like yeah that makes
0: sense well you got to keep her there buddy way to go (laughs) right (laughs) well cool so i mean it sounds like i don't fault you guys for what you did i mean you were both coming into two careers that you're going to make some good coin with and you know in order to go through some of these programs and to be competitive and to you know get the jobs you need you you had to you had to do what you had to do but it sounds like you guys are you know working together and combining it and um and, uh, and cleaning it up. So y- what's your goal for, uh, uh, working on this 129,000 now?
1: Yeah. So basically what our plan is, is we're kind of used to living on just my salary right now because she's not making anything. And so that's kind of what we're just going to do when she starts working is we'll just keep living on, like we're making just one salary and her entire salary, basically, if we can, we'll just go towards student loans. Excellent. Uh, Yeah. And, you know, we figure if we do that, you know, a year, a year and a half, we could get rid of it. And so, I mean, that'd be pretty amazing for us because, you know, we're both we're, we're both 30 right now. And we figure, you know, a lawyer and a dentist, you know, will be 32 or something with no debt.
0: And you'll be cleaning it up, man. That's awesome. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, that'd be that'd be pretty sweet. <laughs> that's great. That's great. So it sounds like you guys are, are um and, and when you guys got married, are you guys uh on board with combining your finances? Do you guys keep things separate? I'm always interested in how how couples do that.
1: Yeah, you know, that's something that we're still trying to figure out, actually. So, you know, we've we've lived together for a couple of years now, so and during that time we've just Kept our finances separate. Like, you know, we just split the bills, that kind of thing. I, you know, I've got my, own. we you know, how it's like you, you kind of just have your own money system that you've had going for your whole life. Yep. And so you just kind of keep doing your own thing. And now that we've been married, I've been married now for a month. So, Oh, Knocked. congratulations! I didn't realize uh, yeah. it was that soon, man. Way to go. Oh, yeah, yeah. I just got married last month in April. That's so. awesome. Very cool. Very
0: cool. Congratulations. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, so right now we just kind of kept the status quo. We haven't figured out how we're doing that. And, you know, at this point it's not like a huge deal for us because she doesn't have any income coming in, so right. it's not like there's much to combine. You know, she's she's just kind of... She's got her savings, I've got my savings, I've got my income, we pay the bills, and that kind of thing um once she starts working, we're gonna probably try and figure out you know another system, but it's something that we still have to think about because you know I can see the advantage in just having one bank account, everything goes in there, and you know all goes out there, but you know we're just so used to the way we have our money system set up. It's kind of like then you gotta like learn a whole new thing. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. Well, I mean, there's a lot of different ways to do it. A lot of couples do their their own individual thing, and you guys will find out what's what's best for you. You've only been in it a month, so I mean, there's so much for yeah. you to learn about each other and and how to do this. I know you guys have probably been dating for a while, but um, once it, once you become married, it's it's like a whole it's a
1: whole new whole new ball. Way, so. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Because <laughs> I mean, yeah, I still. I've always thought of, you know, my wife's debt as like her debt, yeah. but I have to start it's actually our debt. That's now. right.
0: That's right. That's that's the that's the quote of the show, my friend, right there. That's great. <laughs>
1: that's
0: great. So so let's um let's fast forward um after she's done with her residency and then the year and a half passes by. Let's say you guys have zero debt. What um what excites you next? What's gonna what are you guys gonna do to continue this great Financial path you're on
1: Yeah, well, we're definitely both gonna try to keep our lifestyle like Normal I guess, you know avoid that inflation because you know you have a doctor or a, you have a dentist and a lawyer that's a recipe for just buying a gigantic house and Fancy cars and you know getting stuck, you know with tons of bills so that's kind of our main thing is just trying to avoid the lifestyle inflation try to stay humble. Cause you know, we, we're, we're like, bo- we're both, neither of us are fancy people right now. We don't, you know, since she's a student, I'm, I, I'm currently a uh, government. Oh yeah. Maybe this is something I could mention. I, so, you know, after I paid off my loans, I moved into government work and took a huge pay cut. <laughs> so, you know, we're kind of, just living like I'm just like a public civil servant and she's a student. So we're not living like a super luxurious, fancy life right now. And so that's kind of the way we're going to try to keep it because, you know, we don't need to show off or impress people or anything like that. We can just.
0: Well, that's good. That's good. So like when you guys, uh, let's talk about some social opportunities when maybe somebody's inviting you to come to one of these fancy dinners or, or giving you some social pressure to buy something that you, you know, yeah, you want it, but you, you don't need it. How do you handle those types of situations?
1: Yeah, that's, that's a good question. Cause yeah, you know, you think like, Oh, if I'm, you know, if, if I'm these two types, you know, if I'm this type of profession, I can't be living like, like a scrub or, you know, like a slob or something. But, you know, I mean, I, I guess I'm lucky in the sense I don't have a lot of pressure like that. Um, you know, uh, I don't have a lot of friends who kind of push us to do, you know, ridiculously expensive things. And so I guess, you know, if – I guess if you're just kind of lucky enough to surround yourself with kind of like-minded people, then you kind of can avoid that kind of pressure. Um, and on, honestly, I guess that's really all it is. I don't know how to, like, you know, avoid it. You well, know, That's good.
0: That's good. Like you it's said, you, you, want to, you want to surround yourself with people who are like-minded that, that uh, are – Positive with the way you like living, and that's how you'll propel yourself forward. That's a very astute point.
1: Yeah, and you know, I don't think I I live like like I you know, I mean, I, I try not to look too fancy, but I don't think I look like I'm like. You know, in rags or something.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you made a good point earlier. I mean, if you were able to live and be healthy and take care of yourself as a student and living like a student, you sure can do it once you're making some good money too.
1: Exactly, uh, that's exactly right.
0: Excellent. Well, well cool. So for the uh, for the people out there that are you know in a similar situation, maybe they're just finishing school, whether it's grad school or undergrad, and they've. Piled up a gigantic boatload of student loans, and they're feeling like they just can't take it anymore what's what's one piece of advice yeah. do you think that you could give these folks to help them to clean it up
1: I mean you know the one thing is it can be done um, you know you, you, I, it's it's easy to feel so overwhelmed because it's such a huge number a lot of the times um you know I know when I came out of law school it just it just seems like oh what how can you get rid of this that fast? You know, I remember that first year I paid it off, you know, I paid so much into it that first year. And I think my student loan balance was still like 60,000 cause I had to pay off all the interest and everything that accrued. And you're kind of just sitting there like, Oh, how, how will it be done? But you know, if you give it a little bit of time and you just keep doing it and you just keep chugging away at it, it's going to go away much faster than you think. Um, you know, cause I, I was surprised, you know, that, how fast it went once you kind of are in the middle of it. So you brought up you
0: brought up after the first year it was like at sixty thousand dollars. What did, what did you do to keep yourself motivated? What did you do to like say, hey, uh, yeah, sixty thousand dollars that sounds yeah. like a lot of money, but like, yeah. what did you do to keep yourself motivated?
1: So one thing I, I love doing it with my when I was looking at my debt was how much did it cost me in interest per day. So I kind of mm-hmm. look at it and you know it's a pretty simple equation to figure out how much daily interest it costs. You just take the interest rate, multiply it by whatever your balance is, divide it by 365. That's how much it costs you per day. And so the great thing is every time you pay down your debt, that daily interest goes down. And so you really start feeling like, oh, hey, look, something's happening here. Because you know, if it goes from, I think when I started out, it was my interest cost me something like $17 a day, you know? And it's like by the end of the first year, it was like $10 a day. And then it's like by the end of the second year, it's like $5 a day. And then, you know, eventually you get to the end. I remember when I was near the end, my interest was like $0.05 cents a day. It was like something really low, you know?
0: <laughs> That's great. That's a great way to keep yourself motivated. Be like, hey, this is, this is the money you could be saving if you had none of this. That's cool. That's a good way to keep the progress going. I
1: like that. Yeah, yeah. It kind of makes it more concrete if you can see like oh this is how much it cost me today and you know if i pay this oh now here's how much it cost me
0: excellent so you're gonna are you gonna try to uh, get your wife to have that same sort of uh, excitement around cleaning up uh, her debt uh I mean, I guess
1: did, we'll I, did i say her <laughs> debt
0: i meant i meant your collective debt
1: <laughs> our debt yeah right. i mean i'm excited <laughs> to get rid of it you know it'll be nice when it's all gone
0: <laughs> Well, she'll have a great partner and a great <laughs> yeah. coach to uh, to move her through it. It's somebody who's been at it for quite a while. So that's great. Congratulations, man. And congratulations yeah. on your recent marriage. I wish you guys the best of luck in a happy, healthy, and extremely financially frugal relationship. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you so much.
0: Excellent. Well, hey, uh, Kevin, where can people find you or chat with you or learn more about your story?
1: Yeah, you can, uh, you can find me on my blog. It's uh, financialpanther.co. Uh, that's dot C O at the end, or you could Google financial Panther. It should be one of the first ones that pop up. Um, and you know, on the blog there, I just talk about kind of all, you know, crushing debt, you know, how to invest, save money, side hustle, all that kind of stuff that, you know, I think is useful for anyone who's kind of trying to figure out where to, where to go next. Well, this
0: is fun stuff, man. I appreciate your time. And, um, yeah, and thanks again for the conversation.
1: Yeah, no problem. Thank all you. will right.
0: talk soon, buddy. Congratulations, Kevin, $90,000 is no small feat. What is even more impressive to me is um, Kevin's ability to avoid the lifestyle creep that comes with that moment when you get your first paycheck. You all know that. You all know that feeling, right? I got paid. Woohoo. Drinks around me. Not Kevin. He was smart. He didn't buy the luxury car. He didn't get the fancy apartment. He just kept on living like a student, like a you know. I mean, it's not like he's living in an impoverished kind of lifestyle. He was doing well and doing fine, just not going out and spending every dime he made. And now he's a well-paid lawyer with zero debt. That is smart, if you ask me. Woo-hoo! I'm a college man. I won't need my high school diploma anymore. I am too smart. I am too smart.
1: I am too smart. I am too smart. S-M-R-T. I mean S-M-A-R-T.
0: <laughs> Those clips are for you, Kevin. Now, with his new marriage, the battle for debt freedom begins once again. Given his track record, though, I'm putting my money on Kevin to win that battle. Best of luck, man, and good luck battling the dentist student loans as well. If you missed any of the resources or links mentioned in today's show, as well as these hilarious Simpsons clips, I've got your back, people. Please visit marriagekidsandmoney.com slash session35 for the show notes. At that same link, be sure to tell me if you're battling student loans or if you've already slayed that dragon. I would love to hear about it. If you're enjoying the show and it has helped you to win with your marriage, your kids, and your money, please do me a solid and leave me a review on iTunes. Your feedback will help more people find the show And it'll just make me smile as well, so that would be cool. We had over 2,800 downloads in May alone, and now over 10,000 downloads total. I am absolutely loving this podcast, and I hope you are too. If so, let me know on iTunes, everybody. MarriageKidsandMoney.com slash iTunes is an easy link to get there and leave that review. Thank you. In the spirit of growth and inspiration, I'm going to end the show with a quote from Muhammad Ali. Impossible is just a word thrown around by small men who find it easier to live in a world they've been given than to explore the power they have to change it. Impossible is not a fact. It's an opinion. Impossible is potential. Impossible is temporary. Impossible is nothing. Wow. Wow. I really like that one. Let's all crush the impossible today, everybody. Carpe diem.